I want to invite you to turn to Nehemiah chapter 6, and we're going to be looking at verse 9 in just a moment. And, uh, you know, this is just an, an awesome place for us to jump back in our series. We've been talking about being renewed by the presence and by the power of God. Say that with me, to be renewed by the presence and the power of God. And so we're going to Nehemiah chapter 6, looking at verse 9. And before we read this statement together, this uh, this verse, actually, I want to invite us to read our, our, our statement that just really communicates that we want to make sure that as we read the word of God, that our heart, our attitude is in a place and uh, in a position of receiving what it is that God has to say to us. So I want to invite all of you just to read along with me as we read this statement this morning. I'm about to study the incorruptible, inerrant word of God. I open my heart to God's message. I humble my mind to his wisdom, and I rest my hopes on his grace. I will accept its rebukes with its repentance. I will rejoice in its truth by faith and trust in its promises that can never fail. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can change what it says I can change. As I trust in his grace and spirit, I covenant with God that I'm ready to learn I'm ready to grow and I'm ready to change and hide his word in my heart to honor Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Let us pray. Precious Father in heaven, I thank you for the word this morning. I thank you for your anointing upon it. And I thank you, Lord, for this great program and all those that participated in the sacrifices that were made, Lord, for people to to be here and, and the energy that's been invested in these kids, Lord, that we love. And Lord, we thank you for our children. Thank you for the message they're, they're delivering to us today. We've already heard it, that Jesus, that you, you are our hope. You are the answer. And so, Father, we just come to your word, ask that you'd speak to us now, that our heart would be open. We pray and ask all these things in Jesus Christ's glorious name. Amen. And amen. So we're going back to Nehemiah. We've been there for a couple of weeks. Invite you to turn there today. Go to Nehemiah chapter six and looking at verse nine. And really, it's just it's part of Nehemiah's prayer. It's just a phrase. And here's how he is praying. He says, but I prayed now strengthen my hand. He prayed now strengthen my hand and take a moment to think about the context of of the challenges that he had faced as as God had called him to lead God's people back to Jerusalem and to to begin to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and and to recognize, you know, the towers and the gates and and all the things that had to be done and and the way that they had to carry a, a weapon in one hand and a trowel in another as they were building up the wall for God's glory. But it was not without opposition. I mean, look at the passage. You can look at the surrounding verses there. And, and, and we see the generals that were really oppressing the efforts. Sanballat and Tobiah and, and Geshem, the Arab, had come together really to scheme and to plot um, chaos and fear. They had sent some messages. In fact, we look at the scripture and we read that they had sent four messages. They were, they were open messages. And then there was a fifth message that there was sent by the aid of, 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 of Sanballat. And the fifth message was a closed message, which is relevant in this passage this morning. Because the open message was, it was the scroll without the wax seal. It was without the, the ribbon of the cord that was wrapped around it and slid into some kind of container. That, that is a message that just for those that are receiving the message. But the first four messages were, they, they were open messages. 
They, they were messages that anybody at any time as it was being passed along could be unscrolled and, and looked at. And, and then, you know, the, the generals knew that then they would look at that or read the message and then they would begin to pass the word that that these generals, these oppressors were, you know, really trying to make trouble for Nehemiah. You can imagine the talk. I mean, the gossip for just a moment, as the people would say, you know, maybe amongst themselves. Why is not Nehemiah doing something? Why is Nehemiah, you know, not protecting us or responding, you know, to the generals as they are challenging him to meet in some neutral territory, maybe some village outside of the city? And, and, and yet Nehemiah knew exactly what they were up to. He knew that, that, that they were, uh, you know, out to create chaos and fear. And, and trying to destroy what it was that God was doing through Nehemiah. So it would be good for us to be reminded that Nehemiah really had really two major things in mind. And the first thing that Nehemiah had in mind was to reestablish this community of God. To reestablish this, this city of God's people to be a, a beacon, an example, a lighthouse like they're singing about for the glory of God. The second thing was to reestablish their relationship with their creator. And I think that's probably a message that we could all be reminded of that God desires to have relationship with us. Now, what do we know? About the passage, kind of drawing back just the last few weeks as we've been kind of walking together. We know that they were getting close to completing the wall. In fact, uh, the towers had been built. The wall had been reconstructed. And, and the only thing that had been left or was left was the doors were to be put in the gates. And, uh, and then we also know that the opposition was doubling down on their efforts. Now, Nehemiah's response, this is, this is the significant part here. Nehemiah's response is... Is this prayer? He says, now, Lord, strengthen my hands. And, you know, the life application here is is encouraging because, you know, what Nehemiah was saying then is exactly what the kids are saying this morning. He's saying, now, Lord, strengthen my hands. Lord, I I recognize that that you that you are. You are the answer for life. I understand that you are our hope and you are our, our, our answer for whatever it is that we're going through, no matter how difficult life is. And, and it's, it's interesting that Nehemiah's message is the very same similar kind of message that we're hearing this morning in this program. And that message is that God is a God who rescues us. God is a God who rescues us, and I, I don't know what you're going through life. I don't know what you're facing right now, your challenges, but maybe that is the message that you need to hear this morning, that God, God is a God that rescues us. God is a, a God that cares for us, and, and in spite of what the enemy is doing, and in this passage, the enemy, you know, it's presupposed here that if, if they were to push hard enough and long enough and ferocious enough that the people would buckle under, you know, the pressure, under the open messages that had been sent... Versus the closed message that had the wax seal and, you know, the nice little ribbon around it in a container that was to be delivered, you know, in respect. Because the open message is to say that you're not our equal. You know, we have no respect for you. That's how that message was delivered when it was open versus the closed message that maybe maybe this is this will be received because it's delivered with respect. And, of course, Nehemiah, he sees through it all. He sees through it all and realizes, again, it was just it was just the enemy trying to weaken his position or to weaken his hands the way that the enemy does in our life sometimes. And so what does Nehemiah do? He pauses here and here's the prayer. He says, oh, Lord, strengthen my hands. 
I love that response as we think about, you know, how God works through the ministry of of using our hands. In fact, I, I wonder how many hands were used this week in vacation Bible school. In fact, I think we had like 60 adults involved in vacation Bible school. So that's really what? That's 120 hands. I mean, that were used for ministry, used for the glory of God. And I, I don't know what's happening in your life or what you're going through. But sometimes our hands become weakened and our spirit becomes broken and we find ourselves in a place that we've never been before and we could use some encouragement. Amen. Maybe your prayer this morning is simply, Lord, strengthen, strengthen my hands. I, I think Nehemiah was reminding God's people that God has always been this resource, always is the source, and always will be the source. Amen. And that God not only is the source of our strength, but God, listen to this, God works through our hands. Amen. He works through your hands. I, I will never forget the experience I had the, the summer after my sophomore year in college, and uh, that summer for a sophomore year, there was a, a choir there at the college that I, I had the opportunity to go on a, a tour uh, around Western Europe. And during that tour around Western Europe, uh, the choir we met in many of the great cathedrals and the churches of, of of the country. And I'll never forget, you know, you know, walking into some of those cathedrals with the great rose stained glass rose window there at the back, or really the front of the the cathedral, and I'll never forget the great marble statues and beautiful windows and, and the instrumentation and all of that. I'll never forget as the choir, we gathered around in the front and we sang the song, It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. I'll never forget the reverberation of those voices bouncing off the walls and moving us, sometimes even emotionally. But I'll never forget the one place that we stopped. It wasn't a big cathedral. It was, it was just barely a, chap, a chapel. In fact, it was, it was off some, some country road. I think we we're going through the woods of maybe Germany or something like that. And we came to the chapel, and the chapel was no bigger than maybe 20 feet wide and, and maybe 50 feet long and just barely big enough for us to fit inside of. It was an old stone building, and it, it kind of stunk. It was musty smelling and and pretty soon I would learn why. I mean, there was no decor, no stained glass windows, and there was nothing fancy to it. It's just big stone blocks, this little chapel, this big stone blocks and the flagstone floor. We made our way to the front of this little chapel, 30 of us barely able to fit in there. And Dr. Bloomquist, our professor, he began to speak to us about this chapel. And as I remember, it was very old. It was literally hundreds, hundreds of years old, hence the musty smell. And so we're kind of enamored by this little chapel, the great stone walls. I remember just barely slits in those stones that allowed light to shine through just a bit, no decor. And then in the, the front of the chapel, as we had gathered, Dr. Bloomquist was really talking about the chapel and talking about this gentleman that was sitting at the keyboard of this organ. And the gentleman had to be at least 80 years old, maybe 85 years old. And, and I remember him sitting there in his weathered hands in his lap. The age spots on his skin, hands that were experienced and hands that probably had experienced a lot of life. And then Dr. Bloomquist stops his, his presentation talking about the building and the one that is sitting at the organ as a master. And then there was a moment of silence and the gentleman, this elderly gentleman turned around and then he just kind of poised his hands over the keys. And I'll never forget watching those, those, those weathered older hands as a kind of 
prepared themselves. And it was just a few moments that you could tell that there was something in this older gentleman's mind that was happening. And there was something maybe that was welling up on the inside that was something like poetry, I believe. And then his hands went down upon those keys. And I'll never forget how his fingers began to smoothly work across those keys. And the sound came out. And and ladies and gentlemen, there was something that rose deep inside of me that moved me emotionally. And I'm sure some others that were in the room as well were being moved by the emotion of that music that was played that late afternoon there in Western Europe. And I reflect upon that experience and I reflect upon how God had used all of that man's life and his experience and his talent and how God used his hands to minister to my soul and transform my heart. There is no question that God wants to strengthen your hands. And I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know what you're you're being challenged with and maybe maybe it's something within the family or maybe it's maybe it's your career or maybe it's something that I could never imagine. But God wants to strengthen your hands today. He wants to strengthen your hands, mom and dad. He wants to strengthen your hands, leader or teacher or whomever you are. He wants to strengthen your hands today. Amen. You see, the message that they give us this morning that our kids have delivered It is profound. It is deep. That no matter what you're going through, no matter how stormy the seas, Jesus rescues. Jesus rescues. And it's possible that there's somebody here this morning that needs to be rescued. Oh, we're not making a show of anything. It's private. It's between you and the Lord. But is it possible that the Lord is speaking right now and he wants to... He wants to strengthen your hands and give you strength and and power in what it is that you're wrestling with, what you're challenged with. Jesus wants to be a part of your life. He does. Kiddos, he wants to be a part of your life. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. Precious Father in heaven, I thank you, God, for answered prayer. I thank you, God, that you work through us. That, Lord, that you, you choose for us to be your children. And, Father, we're so humbled by that. I thank you for the reality that Nehemiah believed that that you are a God that rescues as you rescued your people in history again and again and again. And Lord, it is no different this morning that you are a God that wants to rescue us, that you want to rescue our home, that you want to rescue maybe that that marriage. Lord, you are a God that rescues and you are in the midst of the stormy seas of life. And it's possible that somebody has come into this sanctuary today. And they're saying, Jesus, I, I need you. I need you to rescue. Our heads bowed and eyes closed. Nobody looking around. Just between you and the Lord. Does that define you this morning? Is it possible that you're just feeling something, you know, tug on your heartstring and it's the Holy Spirit and God is saying, I love you. And you're saying, God, I want to respond to you. Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you to rescue me. Jesus, I want to choose you. I need your presence. Our heads bowed, eyes closed. You're praying right now. Pray that way. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, rescue me. Lord, help me with my marriage. Help me with my my decisions I have to make. Lord, help me right now, God. And I believe God will answer that. Pray that right now. If you're praying that way, just lift your hand for a moment right there where you're at. Saying, Jesus, I'm responding to you. I know, God, that you're, you're our rescuer. You are our lifter. You are our hope. 
Just lift your hand right there where you're at. I'm going to keep that in my heart, just privately between you and the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. Somebody else, just lift your hand right there where you're at. God bless you. Some of you are just responding. God bless you. Jesus, Lord, I need your help. Jesus, you are my light. You are my lifter. Lord, you are the direction that I need right now. So, Lord, I pray that you would just minister to those that just lifted their hands up. Lord, bring your work to completion and their life for your glory. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing our heart. Thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. And thank you, God, for rescuing us. We pray all these things in Jesus Christ's glorious name. Amen.